going to talk about Holy Ghost. Amen. So if you would, grab your Bibles all over the place. We're going to get into the word of the Lord. A couple of things I want to share with you. Hey, Mimi. Amen. I love a shouter in the house, even at a young age. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to talk about frequency. Somebody shout frequency. Hear this before we get to the word. Don't let bad teaching prevent you from being taught. I'm going to say that again because I think you need to really let that rest in your spirit. Don't let bad teaching prevent you from being taught. And a lot of times people teach on the Holy Spirit from one direction. And uh, you may have had experience in the past in church and they taught you about the Holy Ghost. Or maybe you were a part of a denomination that told you you weren't saved unless you got filled and spoke in tongues. Y'all ain't talking with me yet. And, and, and so, so a lot of times we veer away from uh, the purpose and the point of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of us even deny the power thereof for the sake of theology and doctrinal beliefs. There are people today that believe that the Holy Spirit is not real in, in essence, that the Holy Spirit uh, only poured out on a few people. And so don't let bad teaching prevent you from being taught. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. Because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. Somebody shout, I want it all. Everything that God has for me, I want it all. And I'm not going to let your experience, whether it be good or bad, prevent me from experiencing what God has for me. If I told you about a restaurant that was horrible and their service and their servitude, and you would say, well, I ain't going there based upon your experience. I won't go there. But you'll miss out on the best steak. <laughs> uh-huh. You, you miss out on the best meal that you possibly. Why? Because of somebody else's experience. You miss out on the best relationships and friendships because somebody had a bad experience with the person. And, and now you miss out on the greatest relationship you could have possibly had. Why? Because of somebody else's experience. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm not missing out on this one. You're not talking loud enough to your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, I'm not missing out on this one. Somebody shout, I'm getting all God has for me. Let's go to the word Ezekiel chapter number 43, verse number two. Ezekiel 43 and verse number 43 and verse number two. We'll also grab for you as well the book of Acts chapter number two, verse number two. Of course, a familiar passage of scripture as you would as you're turning to the scripture. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. They've fallen out in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Yeah, all right. He good? See, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Wave at me back there, Nick. Let me know you're all right. Amen. <laughs> so my stretching hands towards Nick. <laughs> Glory to God, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's go to our faith declaration on this morning. Give me some connectivity, Nick, if you would. Hallelujah. Go to our faith declaration. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. 
I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Talk to your neighbor say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Declare that over your other neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout on blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. Shout, I'm blessed. I'll somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So we go to the word of the Lord, Ezekiel chapter number 43, verse number 2. And I saw the glory of God, of Israel, coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters. And the land was radiant with his glory. Good God Almighty. His voice was like water. I love it. And when it hit the land, the land was radiant with his glory. Acts chapter number two. In verse number two. And suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. And suddenly, somebody declared again, and suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. (laughs) And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. If you don't mind, just for a second, sit down. The whole house was filled where they were. (laughs) Y'all ain't catching yet. The whole house, all that was in the house was filled. Somebody shout where I'm sitting. Somebody shall feel me. Stand to your feet again. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare these earthen vessels shall be filled on this morning with your radiant glory. I feel I I feel this morning, God, that your spirit would brood upon the waters. And Father, there you would declare your word. And upon that word, God, light shall manifest in their hearts, in their minds. It's in Jesus mighty name. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to give you a couple things this morning that I believe that the Lord wants to speak into your spirit. But you got to hear this, though. You cannot approach spiritual things with a carnal mind. You cannot approach spiritual things with a carnal mind. The more that you approach God, the less of your mind that you have to have in the presence of God. Because God will speak some things in your spirit that your mind just cannot grasp. 
God will say and show you some things that your natural eye and your carnal mind cannot handle. Oh, quiet. God will do some things that will blow that you cannot even fathom. The Bible says that he will do things exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or even dot, 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 think. I don't know what your thoughts are, what your uh, level of intellect is, but whatever it is, God can do above that. I, I, I don't care what your. Uh, your theology or belief is or even your natural understanding, PhDs, degrees, whatever you got, God is above all that. He was so above all that that even the smartest, wisest man in the world, watch this, he was smarter than him. Because know this, you got to be smarter than the one who you make smart. Ah, oh, God. So even Solomon, with all his wisdom, he still wasn't smarter than God. Hallelujah. But God was smarter. So you cannot approach spiritual things with a carnal mind. So this morning, we're taking off our carnal minds, every high thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. We've got to pull it down. Somebody shout, pull it down. You've got to pull it down. So, you know, this is not going to be some elementary things. We're going, we're going deep. So put your mind on pause and let your spirit arise. The Holy Spirit can't be caught or taught. The spirit has to be received and released. Oh, they caught the Holy Ghost. No, they did not caught. They received the Holy Ghost. Because I don't know your athletic prowess, how skilled you are. But if you can't catch and the Holy Ghost is tossed at you, you're going to miss him. Y'all miss that. See, I told you, your hands ain't good. So you can't catch the Holy Ghost. You have to receive the Holy Ghost. I know in church, the colloquialism that we have, you know, they caught the Holy. Oh, look at them. They shout, they caught the Holy Ghost. No, they received the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me this morning? So so the Holy Spirit is not for you to catch. But it's for you to receive and then watch to be released. So when the spirit of God is released into the atmosphere, then whatever the atmosphere and the environment or the temperature of that environment, the Holy Spirit comes to alter that atmosphere. Hallelujah. That's why you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is a change agent. The Holy Spirit comes into the earth realm to bring about a change in environments, atmospheres, cultures, kingdoms, and people. Are you hearing me? So the Holy Spirit has to be released. Somebody shall release it. Yes, you have to release the Holy Spirit. So John chapter number 20, verse number 22. And when he had said this, he breathed upon them and he said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Not catch the Holy Ghost. Somebody shall receive. Receive. You have to be on the receiving end of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He breathed upon them and then he said, now receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's a lot of churches in America and around the world. Well, there are a lot of dead churches. Why? Because they have not received the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. They received the word, but they hadn't received the spirit. 
That's why you can go into some congregations and there seem to be a drought or a dryness. It's because there's no movement of the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit cannot be caught nor taught. So we cannot teach you how to catch the Holy Spirit. You just have to receive it. Somebody shout receive it. Because there are some people I have encountered in life and their testimony when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. Say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't believe in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because somebody tried to teach me what it's like to receive the Holy Spirit. They laid hands and they told me, open up my mouth and just begin to babble and the Holy Spirit would, y'all quiet. And such as some of you, it's your testimony. Somebody says, open your mouth and come on with me. Come on, just say something. Oh, you know, in the old church, they used to tarry on the bench and they just, Jesus, Jesus, just say Jesus real fast. It's going to come. Hey, y'all know what I'm talking about. You sit on the tearing bench as a little child. Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. He got tired, so finally you said, you hit soon. Oh, it came. I can go now. I can go. Amen. So you can't be taught, but you have to receive. Somebody shall receive it. So we're going to talk about this morning, frequency. And I want you to catch this this morning. Turn the volume way up. You have to turn the volume way up. See, frequency is is the wave patterns of how sound flows. I have extensive history in radio. And, of course, some of you know that we run a radio show called uh, The Kingdom Hour. But I was general manager of a radio station, ran programs and produced shows. But... uh, For the longest, I wondered early on in my experience, FM and AM. What was the difference between the FM and AM? And and, and many of you, uh, you know, you prefer the FM stations because it's soundful and, you know, it's it's loud. You can hear the bass and you can hear the mid-range and you can hear all the frequency levels in an FM station. Then there's AM. A lot of people veer away from AM stations because sometimes it's not as clear. Well, in a frequency pattern, the FM is frequency modulation. And the waves of an FM radio station, the patterns of the waves are bunched together. So instead of the wave flowing like this, it flows more like a saw. Or the blade of a saw, the jagged edge. So the patterns are bunched together, so it makes the sound sound fuller. Somebody shout fuller. But in the AM station, it is the amplitude or the the amplified modulation. I'm going to take my time right here. It's amplified, so the waves are longer. Something you probably didn't know, an AM transmitter can transmit further than an FM transmitter. On a clear night, if you turn to an AM station, you can hear clear into Albuquerque, New Mexico. Because the wave pattern is amplified, but it's elongated. What does all this have to do with the Holy Ghost? I thought about the AM. The psalmist said, early will I rise. 
Early will I seek thee. Early a.m. That when I'm seeking the Holy Ghost early in the morning, I have a longer walk with the Spirit of God. Y'all. Uh, I thought the FM and I said, well, uh, they just missed the curve for p.m. It's bunch. So if if I don't spend the a.m. time with the Holy Spirit, my FM or my p.m. day would be pretty crazy. Anybody have experienced any pretty crazy p.m. days? That's because you didn't have no amplitude modulation. No early in the morning time with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to turn the volume way up this morning. Somebody shall turn it up. So here it is. Let's go deep. The first church was not the first church was built on revelation and not the spirit of God. So we got to bunk, debunk some of these things, because uh, in the book of Acts, many theologians say that the church was birthed in the book of Acts for the outpouring of the spirit of God. Anybody ever heard that before? That the church was birthed in the book of Acts. The church was not birthed in the book of Acts. It was just the manifestation of the church in the book of Acts. The, the church was birthed through revelation. When Jesus tells Peter in Matthew chapter number 16, and upon this rock, I shall build. So the church actually came into fruition at that moment off of the revelation that Peter had. Now the manifestation of the church was the outpouring of God's spirit and 3,000 was added. Somebody shout, my, my. Three, could you imagine coming into church one Sunday morning, an altar call is made and 3,000 people is added. And you look around at the congregation, there's 30 people in and then also at that same time, 2,960 comes into the door to be saved and added to the church. This is what's taking place in the book of Acts. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 16, y'all know how it went. Peter has this revelation after Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He says, and I say unto also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So let's talk about frequency. Frequency is the rate of which something occurs or is repeated over a particular period of time or in a given sample. So we're going to look at frequency from two directions. One, frequency from sound, and then frequency from another perspective as the occurrence or the repeated patterns. Some of us are frequent churchgoers. Frequency. What is your frequency in regards to church? But then the other part to that frequency is then what is your wave patterns while you in church? I'm going to say that again. What are your wave patterns? Because it's not enough to be frequent in church if you're not on the receiving end of the wave patterns of the Holy Spirit while you're there. Ah. In other words, your transmitter is turned off. You're here physically, but spiritually you're phantom. You're absent. You're here in body, but in spirit, you're somewhere else. Oh, God. You're here next to someone physically. You can touch them, 
but spiritually, they are myths. Some of you are going to catch the frequency this morning. Your spirit is going to leap and others you're going to walk out of here the same way you came in. Hallelujah. Why? It's because your spirit man is somewhere else. Where's your spirit man? Uh, Debt, lack, problems, issues, health, relationships. So you're here physically, but your mind and your spirit somewhere else. Some of y'all are already in Piccadilly's parking lot. You're already there. I see you physically as an outer shell, but your spirit man is hovering over Piccadilly right now, smelling the line. So you got to open up yourself to the frequency and the wave patterns. So we're talking about the Pentecost. So what are three symbols of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? Number one, write it down, take notes, it's flames. The Bible talks about how the Spirit of God came upon them and there were flames, cloven tongues upon their head. Flames. The flame is a change agent. It changes the matter and the state of a substance. When you heat water up, it boils, and at a certain point, it reaches a certain temperature, and the state of the water changes, turns into steam. You take a piece of ice, you heat that ice up, that ice goes from a solid state now to a liquid state. Somebody shout change. One of the symbols of the Holy Spirit is change. Somebody shout change me. That's why it's so important that you have the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit comes to change you. Somebody shout change me. You got to have the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes in you and takes out of you what was once there and removes it and puts something else there. Somebody shout change me. Holy Spirit is a change agent. Changes you from one state of being to the next. You were once lost, but now you're. Y'all better help me in this place. You were once blind, but now you. The Holy Spirit is a change agent, takes you from one state of being. You were once a sinner, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came in and changed you. Somebody shout, change me. Ah, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, you need the Holy Spirit. Ah, So the Holy Spirit is like a flame. It's likened unto a flame or a symbol. It is not the Holy Spirit, but it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So when you start feeling heat, that's just a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is coming to heat you up. Oh, it's hot up in here. Is the air off? No, the Holy Ghost is heating you up. He's changing something in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, daughter, you made it. Praise the Lord. Another symbol of the Holy Spirit is wind. Wind. Here in the state of Louisiana, we understand wind when it's hurricane season. We know the power, the sheer gale force of wind. We understand the power of wind. The Holy Spirit is like wind. The Bible says, and suddenly there was a sound like a mighty wind blowing through the house. The Holy Spirit is like wind, powerful. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. It powerfully begins to alter your life. But not just your life, but the Holy Spirit comes to alter things around your life. Because as the Holy Spirit is working in you, it now alters the environments around you. Oh, God. 
it, it begins to shift things around you. Uh, you. You ever had a time in the Holy Ghost in the morning in the a.m., the amplified amplitude modulation? And then all of a sudden you get to work and now the environment that used to be dry and stale or the environment was very chaotic or disruptive. And the moment you walk through the door, things shifted. That's the wind of the Holy Spirit. Things shift because of the power of the wind of the Spirit of God. Another symbol is the breath of God. It is the same breath that breathed life into man. And he had given man his zoe, his breath or his spirit. So when you have the spirit of God in you, you have the breath of God operating on the inside of you. Oh, that ought to get you excited right there. Another symbol of the Holy Spirit is a dove. A dove. Holy Spirit is not a dove. But the Holy Spirit is represented like a dove. A dove is gentle. Yes. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit won't come and strong arm you, force you. Even as powerful as the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit won't come and force you to do something that you are not willing to relent to. As powerful as the Holy Spirit is, he won't change you unless you submit yourself to change. Amen. The Holy Spirit will keep you if you want to be kept. As powerful as the Holy Spirit is, he is gentle and he won't force you to do something that you won't permit him to do. Oh, God, think about that. So the Holy Spirit is symbolized like a dove because a dove is gentle. So there are seven signs of the Holy Spirit. Write these down. Number one is wisdom. Wisdom. This is a sign of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the advocate. He is the one who brings forth wisdom. And watch this, and reveals the mysteries of God. So when a person tells me that they're filled with the Holy Spirit, but they make bad decisions, I have to question, are they filled? If a person tells me I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and they keep finding themselves, got me going in circles, keep making the same bad mistakes, making all the same bad decisions, I have to question, are you filled with the Spirit of God? Because the Spirit of God is the wisdom of God. And when you have the wisdom of God, then God will speak to you concerning whatever decision that you have to make. And God won't permit you to keep going around the mountain making the same decision. If you have the Holy Spirit, why I keep attracting men like this? <laughs> Amen. Because you hadn't allowed the Spirit of God to reveal to you why you're a magnet for those type of people. Are <laughs> oh, y'all with me this morning? So I have to question a person who says that they're filled with the Spirit of God. And you're not operating or walking in wisdom. Because it's the spirit of God that gives wisdom. The Bible says that the spirit of God reveals the mysteries of God. Hear this. We say it. God is mysterious. God is not mysterious. God is not mysterious. 
His ways may be mysterious to you, but God is not a mystery. Matter of fact, God wants you to know him. Can you say amen to that? He don't want to be a mystery to you. Ever since God spoke in Genesis, he was trying to introduce himself unto you. He don't want to be a mystery. Matter of fact, God wants to show you everything about him. Can you say amen to that? Y'all don't want to help me this morning. God wants, wants to reveal every aspect of himself to you. Somebody shall give me wisdom. Another sign of the Holy Spirit is understanding. Wisdom and understanding is two different things. Well, I have wisdom because I understand. No, wisdom and understanding is two different things. So to have the wisdom, you know how to do it because you have wisdom. But understanding teaches you the why. Why it operates and functions the way it operates and functions. Wisdom teaches you the what. Understanding teaches you the how and the why of the what. You understand it's like uh, it's someone who is a mechanic. They have wisdom because they know how cars run. But they also have understanding. They understand the different parts and the movements and the purposes of those parts and those movements. They have an understanding of what it takes that why gas flows through the gas line and the filter and all of that, how the oil and the water and all that stuff mixed. They understand. So it's not enough to just have wisdom. The Bible even says that it's not enough to have wisdom, but in all thy getting get also. So God don't want you just to know. He wants you to understand what you know. Oh, that's good right there. God don't want you just to know his word, but he wants you to understand his word. Oh, I'm in the book right now. He, he don't want you just to have a lot of head knowledge of the word, but he wants you to have an understanding of the knowledge of the word. So there's a lot of people who can quote a bunch of scriptures and they can tell you line by line, precept point precept of what the word says, but they don't know how to apply it. Amen. Good old parakeet. Polly want a cracker. Polly only want a cracker because you told Polly he wants a cracker. So he's only repeating what you told him he wanted. You told Polly he wanted a, a pickle. Polly, Polly want a pickle. So God just doesn't want you to just know to have wisdom. He also wants you to have understanding. Somebody shout understanding. Another sign of the spirit of God is counsel. Amen. Ah, my job would be a whole lot easier if somebody would allow the Holy Spirit to be in operation because I won't spend time counseling you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. So the spirit of God is the spirit of counsel. So when you need counseling, go to the wonderful counselor. Hallelujah. Somebody shall feel me. Another sign is fortitude. Oh, Jesus, that's a cuss word right there. You got to have fortitude. 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 Sticking to the thing. Fortitude to carry it all the way through, to carry it out. Fortitude to press your way through. Fortitude to solidify and to fortify. Fortitude 
to stand strong, to have fortitude. Don't just give up, give in. That when you feel like quitting, the Spirit of God comes and unctures you to keep on going. You ever had that type of feeling in life where you just wanted to quit throwing the towel? You know, life hits you so hard and, you know, situations, COVID, loss of job, car accident. Now you're just walking and don't have transportation. The Spirit of God comes in when you're ready to throw in the towel to throw it right back at you. When you're ready to quit, can't get out of bed, you just want to sleep all day with the lights turned off, covers pulled over your head, and just give up on life where you're ready to pull a trigger. Amen. Take a bottle of pills. The Holy Ghost said, no, don't do that. Fortitude. Don't want you to quit. Don't want you to give up. Another sign of the Holy Spirit is knowledge. Knowledge is like somewhat of wisdom is to know. There's a lot of people with a lot of head knowledge. Another sign of the Holy Spirit, or y'all still trekking with me, is piety. The quality of being religious or reverent. I don't like the definition of that of being religious, even though religious can be a good thing unless it becomes the main thing. Uh, But to be reverent, to understand the reverence of the presence of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes to bring about a reverence. Again, I can tell who's filled with the Holy Spirit on the way they reverence. The ushering in of the presence of God. Oh, God, I'm telling on you right now. Uh, I'm going to pick on you just for a second. You know, you know, you can tell a person who is filled with the spirit of God because the Bible says spirit bears witness with spirit. And when people come in, their spirit should connect with the spirit of God. And there should be an awe and a reverence. It is the one who is very um, ADD, attention deficit disorder. In the presence of God, just got to. And there's no reverence. There's there's a communication and conversation. There's a distraction always taking place because there's no piety. No reverence. No awe of God. Just come into God's presence any kind of way. And disrupt people around you. Because you're disturbed or because you are bored, you want everybody around you to be bored. It's contagious, too. You know, that sleeping spirit fall upon you. You look down your road, the person next to you. The person behind you having a conversation, so you feel that it's okay for you to have a conversation. Not quiet. It's the piety, the reverence of God. And lastly, it is the fear of God. The Holy Spirit will bring about a fear of the Lord. Now, this fear is not this type of fear to bring about a fret in your life, to be scared of God, but a fear of God. The Bible says it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Is that because there's a healthy fear of God, it opens the door for you to have wisdom and knowledge. So what is the primary function of the Holy Spirit that's vital Primary function of the Holy Spirit is resisting the temptation of sin and also the conviction of sin. Did you hear me? Tell your neighbor, I need the Holy Spirit. 
You need the Holy Spirit to resist the temptation of sin. And also for the conviction of sin. Satan wants you to be condemned by your sin. The Holy Spirit wants you to be convicted of your sin. I'll say that again because y'all missed it. Satan wants you to be condemned because of your sin. And Holy Spirit wants you to be convicted of your sin. Satan wants you to be condemned for what you've done. Jesus come to convict you of the sin of which you have done. Condemnation is Satan wants you to feel guilt, regret, remorse. He, he wants to condemn you to hell for what you've done. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict you to point you back to the righteousness of God so that you'll have an understanding that what you've done, you shouldn't do no more. And what you've done, Jesus Christ's blood has already paid for. Y'all quiet up in here. See, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to say, hey, listen, you know what you're doing? Christ already paid for it. The price has already been paid. Somebody shout, I need the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in Acts chapter number 19, verse number one, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding, watch the text, and finding certain disciples. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Some might underline disciples in their Bible. And he said unto them, watch, have you received the Holy Ghost? Watch, since you believe. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believe. Somebody shout, I'm a believer. I'm a Ask your neighbor, have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believed. Now watch. They are disciples. Root word of disciple is discipline. That means they were disciplined to the teachings of the apostles of what that which we have been taught. So they have head knowledge of the word. They received the word. They were believers of the word. And Paul has the audacity to ask a church seasoned saint. One who has proclaimed and testified that they're a believer. Have you received? How would you feel somebody uh, will walk up to you today and they know you've been in church a long time and you serve in church, you're a church leader, you may even be a pastor, a minister, an elder, a deacon. And they say, have you received the Holy Spirit? You know, most times when that question is asked, people get offended. What you mean, have I received? Of course, I'm a, I'm, I'm a blood-bought, tongue-talking Christian, you know. I'm a child of the most high God. What you mean, have I received the Holy Spirit? I got saved when I was five. Paul asked these believers, have you received since you believed? You know, it's possible for you not to have received after you believe. Oh. They were disciples. Believers. They followed Christ. And he said unto them, have you not also much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost? Wow. 
And he said unto them, Unto uh, what baptized have you received? Or then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. So in other words, when you got saved, you got baptized in water for the sake of repentance. When you gave Christ your life, it came at the stake of repentance. I'm repenting of my sins. But there's another part. Somebody shout there's another part. And with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, somebody shout when they heard this, they were baptized. Oh, here we go again. They had already been water baptized. Now they're getting baptized again. Two baptisms. Somebody shout two. First baptism, the baptism of repentance. But then it has to be another baptism. Somebody shout another baptism. another baptism. Ask your neighbor, have you been baptized? Ask your other neighbor, have you been baptized? Now ask your neighbor specifically, have you been water baptized? First baptism, water, repentance of sin. But then there should be a second baptism. Watch. And they heard this and were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, I'm getting excited right about now. The Holy Ghost came on them and watched. They spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, I'm not going to get into the semantics and my time is really up about whether you should speak in tongues or not. And in congregational settings or in private. Or even if you have to have an interpreter when you speak in tongues. Because really this text debunks the theology of the fact that you have to have an interpreter when you speak in tongues in congregational settings. Because if you finish this text, they spoke in tongues and prophesied, but nobody interpreted And they spoke in tongues in a public setting. Because the Bible says, and there was about 12 of them. Public setting. Congregational. So we're not going to get into the semantics of when you're supposed to utilize the gift of speaking in tongues. But the importance of it. That you should be filled. And tuned in with the frequency of God. So that you can now communicate on the level of heaven. So you can hear what heaven has to say. So you can now communicate what heaven has to say in the earth realm. Somebody shall feel me. The Holy Spirit comes to tune you in to the frequency of God. You know, we don't have transistor radios anymore. They're more digital now. Where you can punch the number in and go straight to a frequency. But if you drive a 76 Chevy, you got to grab that dial and you have to tune it. And you have to get that frequency just right to get a clear sound. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. He comes 
Not so that you have to tune it. So you can just punch it right in. And you can have a clear sound from heaven. But not only so you can hear from heaven. But you can echo what you heard from heaven in the earth realm. Because that's the point of the Holy Spirit. Not only to connect you with heaven. But to connect heaven with earth. A quiet. So that now what God says to you. You can now say it to the people he wants you to say it to. Somebody shout, feel me. Bow your heads with me this morning. Let some of you who have received the first baptism, been water baptized. You repented. You declared I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And you were submerged in a watery grave. You died and was risen in new life to walk out a new life in Christ. But then there's a second baptism. Because what you don't know that's available, you don't benefit from. I'll say that again. What you don't know that's available, you won't benefit from. These men didn't know that the Holy Spirit was available unto them. But the moment they were informed, they were filled. There's some of you today. You're being informed that the Holy Spirit is available for you to receive. But remember, the Spirit of God is like a dove. He won't strong arm you nor force you. You already have it. But the Spirit of God has to be received and released. You received it, but now you've got to release it. But it begins right here with this moment, with you first giving your life to Christ. If there's someone here today, you don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, this is your moment. This is the gateway, the door that is open to receive the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. You're here today, you have not received him and the pardon of your sins, or maybe you have backslidden, led astray. God is calling you back today. And then there are those of you who are here today. You're saved, but you don't have the power of the Spirit of God flowing in you. We're going to talk much in the upcoming weeks about the Spirit of God, even the power of the Spirit of speaking in tongues. You're here this morning and maybe you're not filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues as these men were in the book of Acts. I make my appeal to you today. Come to Christ in the pardon of your sins. Backslidden, getting your life right. Saved, but not filled. If that's you today, whichever one, would you raise your hand this morning? The Spirit of God is speaking to you now. I see you. I see you. Are there any others this morning? I would say this morning it's for me. One of those three. Pardon of your sins backslidden, or to be filled with the Spirit of God this morning. That's you, lift it high. Any others? Any others? Any others? I see you. Yes, sir. I see you. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me all over the room? Those of you who lifted your hands on this morning, we're going to leave the altars open after service. For the rest of you, I'm going to close out service. I would ask that you exit from the left and my right through those doors. But I want to pray for you this morning. 
And for those of you online, if that's you, just put in the box below. Type below, saved by grace. In the box below, for those of you who are watching, if you're standing in need of prayer, give us a call at 225-503-0706. Or leave us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. For those of you who don't have a church home, I make this last appeal to you today. The Spirit of God was hovering over this place today, calling you and drawing you in. If that's you this morning, would you lift your hand? If that's you today, don't have a church home, but you want to be a part of Elevate Church. If that's you, raise your hand, lift it high. Amen. Saints are praying. God is speaking. Anyone? Anyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise. So I pray for those today. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for everyone who has committed their lives unto you today. We thank you that the frequency of heaven, God, that we're dialed in, we're tuned in now in the name of Jesus, that, God, you have free course to speak into our lives and to our spirit. And, Father, for those who have given their life, God, I thank you that the spirit of God is awakening and quickening on the inside of them now in the name of Jesus. God, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you the honor, God, for what you're doing in their lives even now. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen. One more last time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. For our first time, second time, and even continual guests who have been coming but you have not yet joined, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you. Amen. On the way out, for those of you who have given your life to Christ, the altars are open. One of our intercessors will be praying with you. Thank you. Oh, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, I give myself away so you can use me. upon that name of Jesus we say Jesus 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 over our finances Jesus over our bodies Jesus over our troubled mind Jesus over our broken relationships Jesus over our sins Jesus we call upon that great name is that that name heaven responds to earth at that name of Jesus Jesus. God, we love you. God, we bless you. And God, we give you the glory. Yahweh, have your way in this place. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would. Yahweh, Yahweh. Hallelujah. Oh, glory! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
Hallelujah. God, we bless you. And God, we give you the glory. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Can we lift our hands for a moment? Too early to clap. Let's lift in worship. God, fill this holy tabernacle. Fill the sanctuary of our hearts with your presence and your glory. Let your train fill these temples. In every broken cistern, God, mend it now. Every crack, every crevice, mend it now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, turn our empty hearts into a river of your love. Let it flow through us, God, from heaven above out to these, your people. And God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for what you shall do in this moment and in this hour. God, we give you pre-praise. We praise you in advance, God, for healing. We praise you in advance, God, for freedom. We praise you in advance, God, for liberty in this house. We give you pre-praise before the manifestation of the thing that you want to do and already have done. We celebrate on the front end and we give you glory. Hey, through it all. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Come on, one last time. Clap your hands and give God some glory in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, clap for the worship if you would. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If, uh, if you're here for the first, second, or even a reoccurring, returning visitor here with us, would you do me a favor, lift your hand. Been here once, twice, or multiple times. If that's you, just wave your hand at me. Amen. Visit us in the house. We all family. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, give yourselves a hand clap of praise for being in the house. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. For those of you who are online this morning, watching via Facebook or even YouTube, we thank God for you. And those of you who are watching by Apple TV and Roku TV, thank you for tuning in today. Do me a favor, if you would, for those of you in the sanctuary, go ahead and take out your electronic devices. Go ahead, like, share, and follow on Facebook, if you would. Uh, if you Amen. If you don't have social media, go to YouTube, leave us a comment, follow and subscribe there if you would. Amen. If you have not yet given us a review on our Facebook page, go ahead and do so if you would. We appreciate it. Let somebody know that you're tuned in, locked in to service on this morning. Hallelujah. So we give God some glory in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, this morning, amen, for those of you who are here with us who missed out on the 915 service, uh, today, amen, is the day of Pentecost that is being celebrated around the world by every believer. Amen. I got some Holy Ghost filled folk excited about Pentecost Sunday. Amen. It's Pentecost Sunday. Come on, clap your hands. Amen. Pentecost Sunday is a day that is uh, memorialized as this day, the day the outpouring of the Spirit of God.
It is uh, during this time, the second uh, day of the Passover uh, celebration, the festival, that the disciples were in the upper room and the outpouring of God's spirit fell upon the house. And we thank God that this is a time that the spirit of God rests not only upon, but within. Hallelujah. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will fall upon them. And there will be a lifting of the spirit. Old Testament, the Holy Spirit will come into the earth realm, touch, and then go back. But in the New Testament, the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit just didn't come to rest upon you. The Holy Spirit to come to reside within you. This is the, the blessed promise of the New Covenant. Is that we don't have a Holy Spirit that just comes and goes. He lives within you. Hallelujah. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Sealed. Like a bank vault. Shut up. Locked up. Keys thrown away. Combination forgotten. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. So where you go, Holy Spirit goes. Hallelujah. So today is that day. The outpouring of God's Spirit upon all flesh. The prophet Joel prophesied about it. And today we're standing in the manifestation of such a time as that. So I want to talk to you real briefly uh, in our time that we have together about frequency. And we're going to approach it in two different fashions on this morning. And I know uh, for many of you who have been around church any time or another, have heard messages about the Holy Spirit. So we won't really wrestle with a lot of the semantics of the teaching on the Holy Spirit. But we're really going to teach you on this morning. But I have to tell you, don't allow bad teaching prevent you from being taught. Don't allow bad teaching prevent you from being taught. And a lot of us have been taught on the Holy Spirit, the function and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the facets of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit manifests in a believer's life. Some of us have been taught correctly and incorrectly. But we can't allow bad teaching to prevent us from being taught. We can't allow the experiences of a bad lesson that we have learned even in church to prevent us from learning new lessons. You know the old saying, you can't teach an old dog. Amen. I'm not calling you an old dog. Bow wow. But hopefully you learn some new tricks today. Amen. And I say that lightly because the Holy Ghost is not a trickster. So don't allow bad teaching to prevent you from being taught. So we're going to teach you on the Holy Spirit on this morning as this is the day of Pentecost. Grab your Bibles if you would. <clears throat> we're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, chapter number 43, verse number 2. And then also we're going to grab a very familiar passage of Scripture, landmark Scripture, Acts chapter number 2, verse number 2. You would when you have those two passages of scripture, jump to your feet if you would. As we prepare ourselves 
Amen. To make our faith declaration, our confession on this morning. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still looking, say, I'm looking. No lookers. Amen. If you're waiting for it to be on the screen, say, thank you, Jesus. Y'all could have jumped in on lookers. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, shout it loud. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy over your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Choose another neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Point to the four walls of this building. Say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. Hey, uh, point your hand at me and say, wealth and riches shall be in the apostle's house. I mean, we all need to be blessed, right? Amen. Don't leave me out. Hallelujah. Shout on blessed to be a blessing. Shout, my house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. Now, you know, I've been hearing this thing in the midst of that. Some people say my marriage will be blessed. Your marriage is already blessed. Amen. It's already blessed. Somebody shout, I'm already blessed. Yeah, it's not future tense. It's present tense. Well, I'm not married yet. Your marriage is still blessed. It's just like you're healing. You're already healed. So why would you declare I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name? The devil is a liar. I'm already healed in Jesus' name. Oh, y'all here this morning. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. Ezekiel chapter number 43, verse number 2, the prophet Ezekiel in verse number two, declares to us, and I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east, and his voice was like the roar of rushing water. And the land was radiant with his glory. It was a roar of rushing water. I don't know if you ever had, a, ever had an opportunity to be a, next to a great waterfall, fall, but when water begins to move, it makes a roaring sound. It's almost deafening that when water moves at a rapid rate at a high capacity, it makes a sound that is very deafening. And the Bible says in Ezekiel that God's voice is like a roaring, rushing, moving, mighty, flowing water. It's almost deafening. That's why the children of Israel, when Moses came down from the mount, 
They say, well, we want to hear from God, too. You're not the only one that can hear from God. And God said, "Okay, I'm going to let you hear from me. And when God began to speak, it was like thunder and mighty and so powerful that the people's ears could not even stand the sound of God's voice. They said, oh, stop. (laughs) We sorry, God, let Moses be the speaker. Be careful what you ask for. Tell your neighbor, be careful what you ask for. So maybe God, at times, I just feel the Holy Ghost. It's not looking for you to be a deliverer of the word, but a receiver of the word. You're crying out, God, speak to me so I can speak to your people. And God says, no, I need you to receive. Hallelujah. Thank God for his timing. Because he knows best. Sometimes we jump ahead of God and say, God, well, speak to me, God. I got revelation, too. Revelation for you, not for them. And his voice was like the roar of rushing water. And the land was radiant with his glory. Can I tell you something else? Don't allow someone else's experience deter you from experiencing Because you made it to church and they made it to church and they didn't feel nothing. And they told you, oh, that church, uh, don't let their experience deter you from experiencing. Acts chapter number two. Meet me there. Verse number two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. A sound from heaven. As a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And suddenly there was a sound that filled the whole house where they were sitting. I had the first service in 915 exercise. So I'm going to have you do the same. So they won't complain that we put them to work and didn't put you to work. Sit down for a second. The text says, and the house was filled. Where they were sitting. And the house was filled. Where they were sitting. Come on, make it first. The house is filled. Right where I'm sitting. And the house was filled right where. You know, the Holy Ghost will locate your address wherever you are. And the whole house was filled right where, let me tell you, no matter how you try to hide from the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God wants to fill you, he'll fill you right where you are. Come on, lift your hands in the air. Say, Father, fill me right here, right now. Father, fill me right here, right now. And the whole house was filled. Come on, stand back to your feet again. I had you get filled first. Because <laughs> watch, you cannot approach spiritual things with a corner mind. So I had to break your corner mindset. I had to break your natural thinking, your logical thinking. So you sat down to be filled instead of standing up to receive. 
Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you that this house is filled from the front, the back, the left, the right, in all dimensions, God of your glory, fill these houses. Father, you know their address. You know how to locate them right where they are. In the midst of darkness, God, you still can spot them. You have night goggles, God. You can see in the midst of darkness. And Father, now I pray, Father, you will fill every vessel now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And amen. Before you're seated, slap five or air high five with your neighbor and say, fill me. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So in my time, and it's going to be brief, uh, we, we really want to dig in because it is the day of Pentecost, a day uh, that memorializes the day of the outpouring of God's speak, uh, spirit. But hear this because we have heard this time and time again. If you've been around church any time, you heard people say, oh, and they caught the Holy Ghost. Anybody here ever caught the Holy Ghost? Come on. Come on, lift your hand. Have you ever caught the Holy Ghost? You caught the Holy Ghost? You heard? Okay. All right. Some of y'all just like, it's a trick question. I don't know. Should I lift my hand? Is he setting us up? He caught you? Praise God. Who threw you? Amen. So, so, so here it is. We, we have these, uh, these statements that we make, uh, and they caught the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? Um, the Holy Ghost cannot be caught or taught. It has to be received and released. Because to catch means that it's up to you and your ability to be able to catch. To catch the Holy Ghost means that you have to have some kind of athletic prowess You have to have some kind of skill to be able to catch what's being thrown at you. So it's possible if you catch the Holy Ghost for you to miss the Holy Ghost. Because you know you can be distracted at times. I remember as a kid playing baseball, amen, as a young kid I was always looking in the stands for my dad. And, you know, there'd be times that I'm looking and the ball would come and say, hey, the ball coming. Oh, huh? Oh. Because you're distracted. And that distraction can cause you to miss if you can catch the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost can not be caught nor taught. It's not something that you teach people for them to catch the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is to be received. And not only received, but released. So we're going to break this thing down today, and I'm going to try to give you all that I got in this short period of time, but... Jesus does this thing in the Gospel of John, chapter number 20, verse number 22. And when he said this, he breathed on them. And watch. He said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Don't catch the Holy Ghost. Receive it. Don't don't try to fashion or fix yourself in your own ability in your own carnal thinking, your own logic, don't position yourself to catch something, just receive it. No, don't. I need to be in church on Sunday to receive it. I need to make sure I read enough scriptures to receive it. I, I, I need to make sure that I give enough to receive it. 
there's nothing you can do for you to embody the Spirit of God, but yet receive. Somebody shall receive it. So I want to talk to you briefly in this time about frequency. Frequency, we'll talk and go in two directions. One, frequency from uh, the amount of which you do to frequency the sound waves. Sound waves. Sending and receiving. Sending and receiving. Frequency, the amount of time. How, how frequent are you? There's a lot of frequent churchgoers. Ask your neighbor, what's your frequency? <laughs> you know, frequent churchgoers. They, they go to church very frequently, but watch. They're not in tune with the frequency. They're frequent in church. They show up on Sundays, but they're not in tune to the frequency of heaven. So they come in in body, but in spirit, they're absent. I mean, they show up, they sit down, and you see them physically, but spiritually. Some of you today, you're frequent, but you're not tuned into the frequency. And I'm telling on all of us, because there's a one point in all of our lives, at one point, we all just started coming to church out of duty. At one point, we just kind of tune out. We just come to church and we sit there and the word is moving and powerful, but we don't. It's not that you don't love God, you're just not tuned into God. And you're like, I need a word, but I didn't get a word. But the word was there for you to get, but the Holy Ghost is not for you to catch, it's for you to. You didn't receive it. Because you weren't tuned in. To the frequency of heaven. So the frequency is the amount of time, but it's also the waves. Uh, having experience in radio for a number of years, I often wondered early on in my experience was, what did FM and AM mean? I always knew that FM was a better sounding signal. Yes? You know, you get on the FM station, it's full. You can hear the bass pumping, the mid-range, the treble. You can hear everything happening. On an FM frequency, an AM is very thin, very light. The signal is kind of eh, sketchy. So you always wanted to be on an FM station. FM, frequency modulation. AM, amplitude or amplified modulation. In other words, the frequency modulation, FM, uh, it operates off of wave patterns. And when you have FM wave patterns, the wave patterns are like the edges of a saw blade. They're jagged and they bunch together. So that's why the sound sounds so full, because the wave patterns are closer together, so you can hear everything closer in a closer time. AM, amplitude, or amplified, the wave patterns are more separate from one another. FM, you hear clearer. But AM, you hear longer in range. On a clear night, you can take an AM station when the heavens are clear. You can hear from here all the way to, new, uh, to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Because an AM 
frequency travels further. Am I right about a sound guy? It, it travels further. Right? So I started thinking about AM and FM in regards to the Holy Spirit. AM, amplified modulation. The Bible says, early will I rise, early will I seek thee. In the AM, I get up early so I can have an amplified time with God. I get up early so I can spend time with the Holy Spirit. So I can have amplified time with God. And then I thought FM, well, God, why FM? And he said, well, it's really PM. The curve is off because when you don't have AM time, then the PM time or the FM time, the curve falls off. Because if you don't spend AM time with God, then your PM time is frequency modulated. And throughout the PM, trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. Why? Because it comes at you in bunches. Because you didn't AM, amplify your time with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Somebody shout frequency. Somebody shout tune in. So in my brief time, I'm trying to give you this in the next couple minutes. I want to talk to you about turn the volume way up. Somebody shall turn it up. Tell you that we're about to get lit. Uh-huh. Amen. So here it is. Let's, let's go through this thing. Uh, the first church was built on Revelation. Uh, why, why do I say Revelation? The first church was built on Revelation. It is by theology or theologians. They say that the church, the early church, was birthed on this day, the day of Pentecost, because it was an outpouring of God's spirit. The first church was not birthed on the day of Pentecost. It wasn't the outpouring of God's spirit that birthed the church. It was Revelation that birthed God's church. The day of Pentecost was just the manifestation of that revelation. How do I know? Because here it is. Here it is in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 18. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, the rock, Petra, not shifty and sand, Simon, but you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my what? Shout aloud. My what? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It was at this moment the building of God's church off of the revelation that Peter had. The church is being built. Not out the outpouring of God's spirit. It's the manifestation. So watch. It is this day. Of course, we know on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number two, God's spirit is being poured out upon flesh. And it's at this day, 3000 people are added to the church. Somebody shall feel me. 3000 people added to the church. In this one moment, but the church was already established because how can you add to a church that is not there? Amen. Amen. How can you add to something that is nothing? Something from something is nothing. You got to have something. Or else you got a couple old schoolers with me. 
So you have to have the establishment of the church already in order for it to be added to. Can you say amen to that? So, talking about frequency. Frequency in the rate of which something occurs or it is repeated over a particular time period or in a given sample. In other words, you blinking your eyes several times is a frequency. Because you do it over and over again. It is also the rate of which vibration occurs that constitute a wave, either in a material as in sound waves or in an electromagnetic field. So frequency is not only the number of times something happens, but it's also a wave pattern. Somebody shout a wave. So we're going to talk about a couple things about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Here are some symbols of the Holy Spirit. Symbols of the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, but symbols of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit is like a flame. Flame. Fire. Fire is a change agent. It changes substance from one state to the next. You have a house. House catches on fire. It's an establishment. After the fire hits the house, it goes from a house to a pile of rubbish. Change agent. Fire, you take fire and you boil water and water changes its state. It goes from a liquid state to a gas state. Fire is a change agent. You take an ice cube and you put heat to an ice cube. It goes from a solid state to a liquid state. It changes. Oh, what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit comes into your life as a change agent. Ah, The Holy Spirit comes in your life to change that which was into something else. That which once was is no longer. I was once lost, but now I'm... I was once blind. You see, the Holy Ghost comes and it changes you. It's a change agent to come into your life. Somebody shout, I need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost more than just to ramble and babble, blah, 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 blah. You need the Holy Ghost for change. In your life. And the Holy Ghost comes as a flame to change you. Well, this is the way God made me. And you still nasty and cantankerous and hateful? I got a question if you got the Holy Ghost. You still gossiping and you've been in the gospel 20 years? I got a question if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost comes as a fire to change you, to purge you, to sanctify you, to cleanse you, to wash you, to burn you up. But that which is not is no longer. He that is in Christ is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, beloved. Because the Holy Ghost comes in as a flame to burn you up, to consume you, to change you. So that you'll no longer be that which you are now. Well, I was born this way. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Get born again. Hallelujah. So, as a flame, the Holy Ghost is like wind. And we're very very familiar with wind here in Louisiana with hurricanes. Amen. When, you know, the capacity of wind begins to build up and the wind begins to blow. It'll knock things down. It'll destroy things. The Holy Spirit is as such. It's powerful, like the wind. You know, another aspect of wind, it's a source of power. 
clean energy, windmills, source of power. Yeah, as it begins to turn and turn and turn, it generates power. So the Holy Spirit has to generate power in you by turning over and over and over on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Somebody shout wind. Holy Spirit is like wind. Holy Spirit is like the breath of God. When God in Genesis breathed his breath into man, he gave him Zoe, life, the breath of God. Inside of you is the breath of God. Inside of you is the Zoe, God's breath. God's breath. The Holy Spirit is likened to a dove, a symbol of a dove. A dove is gentle. Such is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not force you to do that which you're not yielding to do. Forgive them. I don't want to. Okay. Say, I'm sorry. I don't want to. Okay. Gentle as a dove. Won't force you to do nothing you are not willing to yield unto The Holy Spirit will keep you, watch, if you want to be kept. That's how gentle the Holy Spirit is. As powerful as the Holy Spirit is, you're telling me, Apostle, the Holy Spirit won't force me to smile? No, he won't. Won't force me to forgive the unforgivable, love the unlovable. The Holy Spirit won't force you to do it. He'll nudge you and unction you. There's an unction of the Holy Spirit that comes and says, you ought to forgive them. And you got to say, yes, I agree. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You, know, you got to agree with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's like a dove. It won't force you to do nothing that you don't want to do. There's seven signs. There's more, but I give you seven signs of the Holy Spirit. Number one, write them down. It's wisdom. A sign of the Holy Spirit is wisdom. Amen. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Wisdom is knowing what to do. I have wisdom on what to do. And the Bible says that in all you're getting, get wisdom. But in your getting of wisdom, you have to get the next thing, which is understanding. Watch. Wisdom and understanding are two different things. Wisdom is knowing what to do. Understanding is knowing how it is done. It's like a, it's like a mechanic. A mechanic knows how to fix a car. You know how he knows how to fix a car? He has wisdom on how to fix a car. But you know how he knows how to fix a car? Because he has an understanding of each of the intricate parts that a vehicle has. He knows what the oil pump does in, co- does with, in conjunction with the water pump and the spark plugs. And he knows if you take this plug out and remove this plug, it won't work. He knows he has an understanding that if you don't have this, that ain't going to work. It's one thing to have wisdom. You know. But it's another thing to have understanding. And God says in all you're getting, get wisdom. But in you're getting wisdom, get understanding as well. In other words, I don't want you just to have wisdom so that you know my word. I want you to have an understanding of my word. I don't want you to just have head knowledge or book knowledge. I want you to understand what this book can do for you. 
need you to understand that when I give you my word, my word has application that is applicable to your life. Not just so you know it, because there's a lot of parakeets out there that can give you a lot of scripture, but they don't know how to apply the scripture. <laughs> I feel like saying it again. It's like a parakeet. Polly want a cracker. Polly only wants a cracker because you told Polly he needs a cracker. If you told Polly, Polly want a pickle, he'll say, ah, Polly want a pickle. <laughs> Polly only knows what you tell him. And God doesn't want you to be a Polly wants a pickle type of person in the. Amen. 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 He wants you to understand what is word. So when you read it, you have revelation. Watch this. You go from logos to rhema. So it's not just reading the word, but the word comes alive. Now you have an understanding of what that word means. Can you say amen to that? Uh, another sign is counsel. Oh, God, if the church can really take hold of the spirit of God as a counselor, then y'all won't make our job so hard. We have to counsel y'all all the time. When you have the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. Ah, we need counseling, preacher. You got the wonderful counselor in you. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Remember, I got to get you out your carnal mind because your carnal mind says I need carnal things. But if we have spiritual things, we won't have a need for carnal things. So we thank God for the wisdom of counselors and advisors and all of that. But truth of the matter is you won't have to go to them if you go to him. That was good preaching right there. I'm going amen that myself. Amen, preacher. Glory to God. Preach, black man. <laughs> Counselor. Fortitude. The Holy Spirit comes. Fortitude. Fortify you. Solidify you. Sure you up. Give you that stick to it tiffness. When you're ready to quit, ready to give up, you want to fortify you. Want to block you in, build you in, keep you from running when you want to run. Keep you from going when you want to go. He, the, the Holy Spirit will give you fortitude the way he'll lock you in, tie you in. And you want to throw in the tower and the Holy Spirit will throw it right back at you. You want to quit, want to give up. The Holy Spirit will say, no, not yet. There's much more left to be done. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. I'll give you the strength by God's grace and mercy to persevere. Boy, if we can get some of that in the church today, church hoppers won't hop. Leaders won't be led astray because they'll be led by the Holy Spirit. Next thing is knowledge. The Holy Spirit comes to give you knowledge, to give you knowledge. Somebody shall give me knowledge. Again, to know, to know, to know. To know. I need to know, but I need to do something with what I know. I don't want to just have head knowledge or book knowledge. I want to have understanding of the knowledge that I have. Number six, piety. The quality of being religious or reverent. I don't too much like this definition of piety to be religious, even though religiosity could be good in some sense, but when religiosity or religion becomes the main thing, then you miss out on the main thing. So when you have a religious person, they are more focused on the religion 
of their ideology and their doctrine more so their, than their relationship with the one who gives religion. So piety is, a, and to have reverence. I can tell a person who is filled and in, in tune with the frequency of God, watch how you can tell so, Apostle. Somebody shout, how can you tell so? Uh, because when a person comes into church who is in tune with the spirit of God, the Bible says spirit bears witness with spirit. And there should be an awe and a reverence of the spirit of God that comes on you when you come in contact with the presence of God and you will come in with reverence. You won't allow yourself to be distracted or detoured from entering into the presence of God. You won't allow sidebar conversations to get you off track when God is trying to speak to you. You won't follow when the spirit of God is, because your spirit is connected with God. You're tuned in to the frequency of God. You know, you, you know uh, I'm dating myself, but I'm a 70s baby. And, and back in the 70s, we had cars where you had uh, those transistor radios. Eight track. And not like today's cars, you have digital, you know, receivers in your car where you dial in the number for the radio station. You push a button and it digitizes it and it goes automatically to say, we had to tune in. You had to grab that now. You remember those TVs, you know, you know, had to dial on the TV, you had to put one channel on zero and the other one on US 32, you know. You had to tune it in. Then grab the antenna and And then the antenna always seemed to break. I don't know what it was. You had to put that aluminum fall on the end. And then that didn't work at times, got that coat hanger stuff, that coat hanger there. Yeah. And then, God forbid, the knob break off. You got to get them channel lock claws. <laughs> Doc, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, but you have to tune in. And, and there are people who come into church, and they're in church, but they're not in tune. Because if you were tuned in, it'd be a reverence, God. There are people who come into the sanctuary and they say, I feel the presence. We were at a graduation for Jobs for Life, and there were a family member who was here to support a family member of one who was graduating. And the man said, I don't know, but there's such a peace. And I feel the spirit of God in this place. This man had never been here before. But he was. Some of you going to walk out today the same way you came in. And it's not that you don't love God, you're just not tuned in to God. And the Holy Spirit comes to tune you in. And when you're tuned in, there's a reverence. And out of that reverence, there would be a fear of God. For out of the fear of the Lord, wisdom and knowledge begins. Not a fear that you're afraid of God, but it's this fear that will cause you to say, God, you're bigger than I am. You're bigger than what I'm going through. God, you're bigger than my Ph.D., my whatever degree. I got you bigger than me. A fear of the Lord, knowing that he has more. Somebody shout, he has more. So there's a vital function of the Holy Spirit. One is to resist uh, temptation of sin, and the other is also the conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit comes in, watch, to help you in the temptation of sin. 
to so bad. Ooh, I really, 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 really want to. Lord, I could just, ain't nobody watching. I really, I, if I could just stick my toe in it. And the Holy Spirit comes to help you with the temptation where your flesh says, ah, go ahead. Holy Spirit said, oh, no. But, 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 come on. Uh, no. I, ain't nobody watching. Just. And the Holy Spirit comes to help to hold you when you don't want to be healed. The Holy Spirit comes to constrain you when you don't want to be restrained. Hold you when you don't want to be healed. Constrain you when you don't want to be strained. When you want to do, the Holy Spirit says, so you know you shouldn't do it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes, watch, to help with the conviction of sin. Satan comes to condemn you of sin of what you've done. The Holy Spirit comes to convict you of the sin that you've done. So that when you have done it, the Holy Spirit say, you know, you should have done that. And there's a grieving. There's a grieving that comes in your spirit. That says, oh, that didn't feel right. Can we be transparent for a second? You done dirt and you feel dirty after it. That's conviction of the Holy Spirit. You got out of that bed with that woman who wasn't your wife. You just felt dirty. You had that conversation, that text call with that man who wasn't your husband and you just felt dirty. You said the thing you wasn't supposed to say, but you said it anyway. And after you said it, it was like, oh, it was like mud in your mouth. You had that thought that you shouldn't have had. But when you had it, you thought, oh, my. It's conviction of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost comes to convict you, not to condemn you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost comes to convict and not condemn. To help you do more than just ba 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 at a black sheet. So look, I'm done with this. Acts chapter number 19. Y'all caught, y'all catch that in the parking lot on the way home. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He found certain disciples. He found certain disciples, underlined certain disciples. In other words, these were people who were disciplined up under the teachings. They were disciples, followers of Christ. Followers of the apostles' teachings of the kingdom of God. They were disciples. They were believers. Somebody shout, I'm a believer. Uh, So they were not just your average Joe people. These were people who walked in the word of God and walked it out. They were disciples. Somebody shout, disciples. So he he finds these disciples and watch what he says. Because this text really messed me up. It says, and he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost? Wait a minute, I'm a believer of Christ. (laughs) I'm a follower. What do you mean I received the Holy Ghost? You know, if you ask a believer right now, have they received the Holy Ghost? They're going to get offended already. They may want to fight too. 
What you mean? Of course I got the Holy Ghost. I've been saved 20 years. I'm head of the deacon board. I play music ministry. Of course I'm saved with the Holy Ghost. I just picked on y'all. Y'all said that. But that's, it's a fight when you ask somebody if they have the Holy Ghost. And Paul has the audacity to ask these believers, these certain believers, have they received the Holy Ghost? Watch this. Since you, wait a minute. So you're telling me the day I believed it's possible that I didn't receive. So you're telling me the day I gave Christ my life it's possible I didn't receive the day I believed? Paul said, did you believe since? Did you receive the day that you believed? And watch. And they said unto them, him, we have not so much as even. Whether there be any Holy Ghost. We didn't even know that this was available to us. Now we believe. But we didn't even know there was even a Holy Ghost. Not so much even heard of the Holy Ghost. So you tell me you've been in church for 20 years and you didn't hear that there's a Holy Ghost power that's available to you? And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of water. And they said, then they said, Paul, then said, Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which came, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. That Paul said John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. So the day you got saved. Your first baptism was the baptism of repentance. But somebody shout, there's another. Somebody shout, there's two. There's two baptisms. The first one is the baptism of repentance. It is the open door for you to receive the second baptism. <laughs> somebody shall feel me. Your feeling begins with this. Your repentance. And he said, he said unto them, baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And watch, when they, when they tuned into the frequency, when they tuned in, to the right frequency. They were already connected and had the receptor to receive, but they was on the wrong frequency. They, they were already connected, plugged in to the tower, but they were on the wrong channel. And the moment they heard, they were They got the second baptism. But not only the second baptism. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, then the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake with tongues 
and prophesied. And they spake with tongues and they prophesied. Oh, preacher, so you're telling me that everybody got to speak in tongues? Because <sighs> you know the scripture says that, you know, tongues should not be spoken in congregational settings unless you have an interpreter. That if someone speaks in tongues in congregational settings, then somebody have to come behind them and interpret it. Or, or unless it's not permissible. Well, beloved, read your Bible. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, more than one, more than two, more than three, which constitutes a congregational public setting. And the Holy Ghost came upon them and they, and they, so if they say that you cannot speak in tongues in congregational settings unless you have an interpreter, no one interpreted. And after they spoke in tongues, somebody interpreted what the tongue said. And they prophesied with no interpreter. Watch it. And, and all the men were about. So they spoke in tongues in the midst of 12 people. And none of the 12 interpreted. I don't want to get into the semantics of when and how. But I'll just tell you that you should. Be filled. I, I, whether you choose to do it in congregational settings. Whether you choose to do it in private, that should be the focus. Should I even do it? Because if the Bible says it can be done, somebody shout, it should be done. I heard this podcast the other day, these women, uh, uh, they have fallen away from organized church, if I can put it that way. And one lady who was at a church and she went to one of their little educational schools and they spoke in tongues and taught them how to speak in tongues her stance now is is that she felt pressure and she don't think it's real but she's a bible believer what do you do with this text what do you do with this text you may have had a bad experience or some bad teaching that says, you know, oh, you know, speaking in tongues, that's, nah, nah. It shouldn't be done, and, you know. I don't do it, but what do you do with this? Ask your neighbor, what do you do with this? What do you do with the text that says, and he laid hands, and they spoke in tongues? Now, if it's in the Bible, then it's available to you. Did you hear me? But, but if you don't know it's available, then you can't benefit from that which is available. They couldn't benefit from it because they didn't hear it. But the moment they heard it, they tuned in and received it.
And there are some of you here today. You're in the building, but you're not in the building. You're here physically, but spiritually, you're somewhere else. You're here and you're connected, but you're not tuned in. And on this Pentecost Sunday, I'm believing that God is going to change your frequency. And that you're going to tune into heaven, because watch, heaven needs a clear communication between you and heaven. Not only for you to speak in tongues, but for you to hear what heaven has to say so you can declare what heaven has to say in the earth realm. Heaven has a language. Heaven has a language. People of different walks and nationalities of cultures and realms, they have their own language. And when you become a part of the kingdom of God, then you have to learn the language of the kingdom of God. When you are now a part of the family, now you talk like the family. You walk like the family. You live like the family. You understand family terms. Hallelujah. So today, I believe the frequency is changing. That your ears are being tuned with heaven today. If you're here this morning with all heads bowed, we'll start with the baptism of repentance. If you have not yet repented of your sin and the pardon of your sin, have never made a confession that Jesus is Lord of your life, today is your day. God is changing the frequency. Or maybe your back slid, made some mistakes, changed the channel so you can no longer hear from heaven. God is calling you back today. Or maybe you have been saved and you have the first baptism, but you're lacking the second. One of those three, whichever it is to be, if that's you, I'm going to pray. And after that prayer, I want you to make a decision. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare open heaven over this place. I declare, God, a frequency, a sound that only could be heard by ears that are connected to you. A sound, God, a frequency, a sound pattern, God, that would touch their ears and flow to their hearts. God, you know the area of darkness. You know the area of vice of which is holding them bound. And I pray today, God, as this sound from heaven, God, is released, Father, that they too shall be released from bondage and strongholds in their lives. And they will come running, God, unto your throne of grace. Asking, what must I do to be saved? Let it be so now in the name of Jesus. Father, now do it. If you're here today, one of those three, please. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. You need to make a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and the pardon of your sins. Repentance. Number two, if you're backslidden and you're coming back, made some mistakes, but today you're getting it right. Or number three, that you... You love God, but you're not in tune with the Spirit of God. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. If that's you, one of the three, lift your hand now. Do it now. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. And we give you praise. If that's you, lift your hand. Thank you, Father. 
thank you, Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're here today and you don't have a church home, and the Spirit of God is quickening in your spirit, and you feel the need to connect to Elevate Church, if that's you today, would you lift your hand? You don't have a church home, but you want to connect. If that's you, shoot your hand in the air now. If that's you. Thank you, Father. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. Can you stand to your feet with me? And can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you online today, if you're standing in need of prayer, give us a call at 225 503 Online today, if you're giving uh, Christ your life today, hashtag saved by grace, or leave us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. And even for those online today, if you're looking to join and partner up with us here at Elevate Church, you can text the word JOIN to 225-361-2016. Can we give the Lord another hand clap of praise on today? Amen. Amen. I want to send you off with a blessing. Story comes up to close out in prayer and worship. Uh, at the end of service on today, if you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring times with us, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you in Jesus' mighty name. We thank God for each and every one of you. Hope to see you June 1st for our Ascend Night of Worship. Amen. And for Bible study on this week. 